Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Play On Podcast. This is your host, Josh Stavros. Today, we talk with Allie Babbage from this season's Shakespeare in the Schools production of Hamlet. You heard from Allie once before when she played Ensign Nellie Forbush in South Pacific and Ella Delahaye in Charlie's Aunt last season. Allie has performed at many other theaters, such as Guthrie Dowling Studio, Shakespeare's Globe, Northern Sky Theater, Backroom Shakespeare Project, Bard, and Optimist Theater. Without further ado, here's Allie joining us from the road via Skype. Thanks for joining us, Allie. Thank you for having me, Josh. So you're out on the road now. You're uh, sitting in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, between shows. Uh, take us through a day in the life of a performance day. Um, you wake up, roll out, of, roll, roll out of your hotel bed, arrive at the school, or in this case at CSN where you are right now. Tell us, tell us about your day. Yeah, so uh, usually we start very early. Um, we've had... Uh, to report to the vans as early as 5.30, I think, has been our, our, our earliest one yet. But, um, yeah, we head in. Uh, we have to be there about an hour and ten minutes before the show starts to run our um, fight call. Typically, the CSN is sort of an exception um, because we're able to leave our set at that space while we're here for two weeks. Um, but most of the time, we have to get there more like three hours before the show um, to ensure that we have enough time to construct our set, to take it all out of the van, put it up, make sure that all the lights are working and that we've, you know, wired our, our lighting board into that school's uh, connections. And I'm clearly not one of the people who does that because I don't really know how it works. <laughs> but um, Yeah, it's uh, it's quite an ordeal, although we've, we've gotten much better at it since we left Cedar City a little more than a month ago. Um, yeah, I imagine and... that's the kind of thing that sort of you get faster and more efficient as time goes on. Definitely. We're becoming a machine, a handlet <laughs> machine, if you will. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we have a fight call. Um, we always get a half hour for the actors to, uh, you know, warm up, um, get costumes and makeup for those who are doing that in the show. Um, and uh, we have a little bit of a pre-show built in uh, for this, this production um, where we are out in the house about 10 minutes before the show starts, so we get some time to, like, see the audience and chat with them. Um, and sort of get to, you know, get to know a few of them. It's really helpful for me because I do so much talking directly with the audience, so I can kind of see there are a few moments where I like to, you know, find people who are really, really engaged and really you know, with me um, for certain lines, and so pre-show is kind of a good time for me to scout out who those people might be. Um, yeah, and then we have the show, usually the workshops after the show, sometimes before, um, and then, you know, by then it's, we, if it's a normal day, we load the set out, go back to the hotel, and uh, usually nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, like you've had two full days in a half day. Yeah, yeah, basically. In fact, it's nap time at the house right now. It's about 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and everyone's out. Um, well, bless <laughs> so you I'm for outside. skipping your nap time today for uh, for our visit. <laughs> Got a cup of coffee with me? I'm good to go. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we basically have our evenings free usually unless we're traveling um so that's kind of nice that we get you know a little time to um veg and explore um it's been really nice while we've been in some of these uh bigger towns um but even like some of the smaller towns we've been in they've had like beautiful hiking um and you know just fun little places to check out and wander around uh certainly not places i've ever been before so it's always always good to go exploring <laughs> see what you can find that's great yeah so you mentioned workshops Thanks. before. Talk about those a little bit. Do you teach anyone in particular, or what are what uh, what are the substance of these workshops for these uh, for these students? 
Yes, we've got three different workshops we offer. Well, sometimes four. There's a, a combat workshop, an improv workshop, uh, Shakespeare text, and then if there's enough students interested, our um, we call them the, the Deathly Hallows, our stage manager, technical director, and uh, company manager will run a, um, a tech tech workshop um, if there's That's enough awesome. students interested. I think they yeah, need, I think yeah, they need are, to get t-shirts if oh, they haven't already. That's gonna happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. Um, yeah, and uh, we, we're kind of on a rotation. There's always two two teachers on each workshop. Um, I'm often teaching uh, Shakespeare text because that's what I have the most experience in. Uh, I have actually very little improv experience, and um, most of my combat training has been on this show, actually. Um, so I'm, it's been great for me, too, because I'm getting to learn from the people in my company who are more experienced in that. Um, like Marco has uh, done improv for a number of years and he's fantastic. And also just a really, has a really clear way of explaining things. Um, so I've learned a ton from him and uh, Kyle's been doing stage combat for, I mean, he's only a few years older than I am, but he's been doing it for 10 years. Um, so he's very, very good. And uh, yeah, so it's been great, you know, uh, to get to teach the students, um, but also to learn from my peers, um, what they're all about. How do, how do the students yeah. respond to this? Are they mostly theater students? Are they English uh, literature sort of students? How do they respond to these these workshops? Uh, you know, it's interesting. We've had it, it's very mixed, and that's been another skill we've had to learn is adapting to who's in the room. Uh, one of the schools we were at, it was they held our workshops off until after school, so we just were hanging out in the school for like three or four hours between the show and the workshop, um, and uh, then it was an extra credit opportunity first students who stayed so you know that was they were very small classes and mostly not theater students um so it's 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 interesting how they engage differently with different um with the different classes like combat is physical so it's really easy to like tell if people are doing it or not improv it's it's a lot takes a lot more guts to really you know say whatever's on your mind and often we find younger kids are, are better at that than more of that like high school age because um, they are less quick to judge themselves or their friends. Um, they're a lot more willing, and you know they just want they just want to get up and play. So that's really, I think, the age where the creativity is is really is sparkling and not being censored. Um, so that's been cool. And Shakespeare and text is similar too, because that's a lot of, you know, we we really call upon them to to make the text their own and to own it and. For those who, you know, I, I didn't start doing Shakespeare until I was like a junior in, in high school. So, you know, these even these 13 and 14 year olds who have barely put these words in their mouths and we're asking them to, you know, explore and try new things and be brave and make choices. It's just not always something they're they're willing to do right away. And, you know, it's, it's fun too. we have all these different games that we play to kind of warm up and get the um get the room together and you know supporting each other um so it's 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 always a balance of trying to figure out you know if they do they need to be this is this a group that needs to be focused is this a group that we need to get to open up um and you know there's been some really beautiful and surprising things that have happened um and that's always just delightful um yeah well, i think particularly when go ahead yeah. go ahead oh, oh. When we uh when we get a chance to do the workshops after the show, because then they feel like they know us a little bit better. Sure. You you've um, developed a kind of relationship is, with them between your work on the stage and them watching you. Right, right. So that's that's cool. Well, and then sometimes you know they'll have additional questions that we like didn't get to during the talkback that we can answer during workshop, which is nice. Yeah, that's great. 
Yeah. So, so it, you know, you talk about engaging kids who maybe have mm -hmm. some reticence, maybe they're jumping right in. There's such a perception for some adults that Shakespeare is inaccessible. And have mm. you, I mean, as you, I, I don't necessarily agree, uh, but <laughs> it, as you find, as, you, as you've done your set of workshops so far, how have these kids responded to that, to that Shakespeare text discussion and the idea of sort of unpacking this theoretically foreign language and making it their own? That's, the, yes, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that people face is this, is this conception. And I mean, I, I don't even let it be a question in the room when I'm teaching. I, I put the words in their mouths first. You know, we, we, there's this exercise we do um, on figurative language. So, you know, illustrating metaphors and trying to um, create a, or get them to create pictures out of these sentences. Uh -huh. And first thing I do is I make them memorize a line. Um, and the one that we've been using is is from uh, Macbeth, the O full of scorpions is my mind, dear wife. And so we just first off make everyone memorize that. It's like, all right, great. You have say it after me two or three times. Great, done. Um, and I don't allow them to ask what any of those words mean. Um, we then split off into groups and have to illustrate that with our bodies. And you know, everyone has to say a word or two or all of them. Um, everyone has to speak. Um, and that's how, and, and then afterwards, we'll go back and discuss, like, okay, full of scorpions is my mind. What is he saying? What does he mean by that? And the things that come out of these students' mouths, like, they know what that means. Mm -hmm. I don't, they don't need to ask me what it means. They've understood because they've memorized that line and they've figured out a way to, to look at it and they've watched other groups create it. Um, it's, it's a really cool instinctive thing that they don't realize they have. Um, this ability to 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 uh, to piece apart metaphors and to figure out it's it's not they they, they know how to do it basically yeah. I guess yeah. is what say. Yeah, it's 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 in there whether or not they realize it and once they realize it it can be it's they see it too yeah and then moving forward usually in the workshop they're much more willing to take on like, oh, great, we're going to work on a big old monologue now. Awesome, we'll do that. Or scenes, great. Because I, I figured out that one sentence. So, of course, like, I don't need her help for this thing. So, it's great seeing the, the confidence building throughout That's the workshop. Great. Well, so, yeah. so turning our attention then to either, to, to not the workshops, but the performance itself, you've performed in mm -hmm. big cities and small now. You're, you'll continue to do more across the length of the rest of the tour. How has the play yeah. been received by different audiences. We talked a lot of with, uh, with Frank, you know, so as, as you were getting, uh, Frank Hans, the director, as you were getting yeah. ready to head out on the road about what the potential was for this show and, and, and knowing what it's about. Considering most of these students have little to no exposure to Shakespeare, do you think, and what's your, are the kids getting it? Are they, are they feeling it? Is, is the messages you're working so hard to transmit, are they coming across? Yes. I think yes. Um, I mean, not everyone's going to get the same thing out of the show, and I think that's the sure, that's, the key here. And that's part of the beauty, I think, of it is that if there's something that you you put it in there, it, you put it out there for them to interpret, not necessarily for you to interpret it for them. Absolutely, yeah, and it's cool. Like we have this set of questions that we um, have in case you know, because we, we have a talk back with every show that we do, um, and that's often my favorite part of the day is getting to hear the audience respond to what we just did. But, you know, if they're not willing right away to, you know, put, be the first one to ask a question, we've got a set of questions that we ask, um, you know, as far as uh, touching more on some of the themes of the play rather than, you know, like, how do you memorize all those lines? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, we ask, do you think Hamlet was crazy? Um, uh, 
was it justice or revenge that Hamlet was seeking in the play? Did he get it? Was it worth it? You know, that like sort sure, of thematic sure. questions. Yeah. It's been amazing how many of these younger students are coming up with those questions before we even get a chance to ask them, um, which has just been remarkable. And I mean, you know, we, we performed a few weeks ago for a, an audience of 50 elementary school students, I think at least 10 of which were kindergartners. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> It was remarkable, and they, I mean, there were parts where they got a little bit squirmy. We're in a, what was it, a cafenasium, <laughs> their cafeteria, so it was, yep. we were right there on the floor with us, and um, in their tiny little chairs, and after the show, you know, one of them put his hand up and asked, why did there have to be so much death? So, that, yeah. you know, yes, some that, is, extent, that is a good question. He was absolutely, yeah, and that's sort of the question that we asked of was that worth it why did hamlet get what he wanted or was it anyway it was um it was just gorgeous to see this huge play simplified just to that one question <laughs> yeah that's that's really exciting um yeah and you know even some of the questions are the same whether the audience is um you know 11 or in their 60s um so that's that's kind of cool to see too. Um, but in some ways, some that in some ways, the ideas and the themes sort of transcend the the age in which you experience them. That they're the same for all of us. Right. Yeah. And yeah. But spe yeah. speaking to you uh, specifically in your mm -hmm. role as Hamlet, um, what what have you found? You know, so you've been on the road now almost a month, I think. A little less. Yeah. A little yeah. less yeah. than. Oh, it has. <laughs> at, at the time of the recording so talk to us about how what it's what it's like playing that character how much has grown or evolved or changed or you feel like just tell us about your journey as hamlet yeah so i mean <laughs> this is the beautiful and terrible thing about this role is that i feel like i'm never going to be done with it um <laughs> just as far as um it's always changing and so much of the play. I mean, what I love about the way that Frank sort of sent us off on the road was um, he's given us a lot of places in the play that, you know, there's a shape, but it can sort of oscillate depending on how much the audience is pushing back or responding. And I mean, specifically with the soliloquies, they've been very different show to show to show, um, depending on what I'm getting from the audience. You know, there have been times when I, like today, they laughed at me when I started, uh, oh, that this tutu solid flesh um, would melt, that speech, which was just such a terrifying and isolating place to begin this play of, oh, wow, they're, not only are they not on my side, they think I'm a fool, yes. which is a completely different, like, it's a completely different place than often the, when, when I start that speech, the, my goal is to win them over immediately so that the rest of the explanation can, you know, I've already got them on my side. Um, but today I really had to fight in order to get them to even listen to what I was saying. Um, so there's, it, it, it changes a lot that way. I mean, of course, the, you know, the story is the same and the relationships are the same. But um, there have been times where we've sort of had to tone down the comedy because... Um, they got too comfortable too quickly and, um, you know, we're laughing in moments that were inappropriate. Um, or sometimes, you know, it seems like everyone's asleep out there. Um, and, um, you know, you have to surprise them with 
coming in really strong on an entrance and, you know, sort of waking folks up. Not to say that, you know, audiences can only have bad responses. Of course, there are wonderful audiences, too, where, you know, there's been gasps and 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 sounds at uh, all the right places. And that really is an exciting, exciting time when you know that they're exactly with you on the line. And there's some, Frank really instilled this like velocity of, of speech with us um, as we were leaving. Um, uh, the idea that not to let the audience catch up with us ever, um, you know, that, that we are always speaking at the speed of thought and, um, and that, and that we can trust them to follow us, that they'll, they'll, they'll be there with us. And I think it's really true. Anytime the play is slowed down, it, it can become treacherous. There, there, so, therein lie the challenge. There be dragons, as they say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you know, it's it's definitely growing. We're we're finding new um, spins on lines and different, you know, uh, rhythms and and textures of things that we didn't have a few months ago, or not months, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, they feel like months. They feel like <laughs> some days. Um, but I think that's what is really, you know, it's it's that's the magic of live theater is that it's never going to be the same twice. Um, and that's actually something Marco says in the curtain speech um, is that th each show um, we extend a, a personal dare to the audience to turn off their phones and to stay present with us sure. for 80 minutes. Because I think that's the big challenge and that's what is the newest experience for those who've never seen plays before um, is that you can't you can't pause if you <laughs> you glance down to check a text, you've missed something. Yeah. Um, and and each and that's the other thing that he says to the audience is that this show will be specific to you. Whatever you, whatever energy you're putting into the room, we're receiving. We can see you. We can hear you. And um, that's going to affect the show. And it'll be a really it's a really cool way that we sort of build it with them. Um, which I don't know that. I mean that always happens in shows. I just don't think that audiences are always aware of it. So no, I love. I, yeah, that's a it's a great idea to sort of call attention and make it a conscious experience rather than a subconscious. Yeah, I mean, heck, the other day we had a man um, clap when I uh, uh, when I gave the line "Frailty, thy name is woman," and so during the talk back, I asked him about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did like, he What did he say? He described his reaction as um, sort of a. A nervous chuckle like that was <laughs> what he gave instead of a nervous chuckle i wish i'd probed a little further on that one yeah but there, there's a story there i think yes <laughs> yes uh so uh, so you know spending a lot of time in the role mm -hmm. uh do you have a favorite moment in the show right now do you have a favorite soliloquy i mean is i'm sure these are questions you could ask uh regularly but is there a moment in the show that stands out to you that you can't wait to get to uh every oh. day oh gosh there's a lot <laughs> that's a good sign Yes. My favorite line in the play is, there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Um, that's definitely my favorite line. But there are lots of moments that I look forward to every night. Um, there's the, oh gosh, our Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are just brilliant takes on those characters. So I love all of those scenes. Um, and there's this great moment um, of... I don't, well, spoilers, um, after I've stabbed Polonius and I'm getting sent away to England, um, there's this really great exchange where um, Jacob, is, uh, Jacob, who plays Claudius, um, is sending me away, and um, the line is, uh, he asks me where Polonius is, and I say, in heaven. 
Uh, send thither to see. If your messenger find him not there, seek him in the other place yourself. And there's just something about the way that he and I have built that, that the last, uh, the, often with our younger audiences, it'll just get like a nice, ooh, through Everett burn. Yes. <laughs> and it is so satisfying. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And of course the sword fights are fun. Oh love. yeah, sure. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time today, Ali. Oftentimes, our listeners, you know, someone like you, especially that's been to the festival, uh, that they may have seen in a summer season. Now that's out on tour, uh, the question is always asked: What's next for you? What uh, yeah. What's next in your theatrical world after this tour? That's a great question. Um, I I don't really have an answer for you right now. I mean, that's the the tough thing about this job. Whenever we get hired for a job, we also know when we're fired from that job. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I'm sort of considering running away and like learning Spanish for a few months because I don't have a job lined up yet and also haven't picked what city I'm going to be based out of. So. so so maybe even answering those questions is is not that that's what's next is will yeah. I run away to learn Spanish and or what city will I be based from? Which is good. Those are yeah. those are good questions. Uh, and it's okay I think that you have big open spaces. You've you know you as you said you've got. Your hands full on a, with a great role on tour, and no one be, would begrudge you just taking time and enjoying the the scenery of the, the Southwest and, <laughs> and your audiences. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a delight. It's such a wonderful job and such a wonderful company. Um, I'm I'm glad it's these other nine folks that we're touring with. It's a it's a good group. That's great. Good to hear. Well, uh, we won't keep you from nap time any longer. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for visiting with us today, and. Uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, throughout the rest of the Shakespeare in the Schools tour of Hamlet. Yes, thanks, Josh. Great talking with you. You too. Have a great day, Allie. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Play On podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, be sure to catch all our previous interviews on the festival's webpage, bard.org. And if you love the podcast, be sure to rate us on iTunes. Find more information about this year's Shakespeare in the Schools tour, including its schedule, cast bios, photos, and resources for educators at bard.org tour. Follow the festival on Instagram with hashtag HamletHitsTheRoad and hashtag WanderingWill for a more behind-the-scenes look at the show. 